the news from our hometown. When I was in high school in the late 1970s, sporadic reports of contaminants near the beach and in the harbor had already begun to appear. After we left town, the slow trickle of stories became a torrent, eventually landing Waukegan on the front page of national newspapers and on the network news. As the story evolved, my sister and I traded newspaper clippings and studied reports that named the sources of the pollutants and identified the chemicals that had suffused our early years without our knowledge. In long, late-night phone calls, news of the contaminants mixed with news of what my sister was wearing, what kind of curtains she should get for her bedroom, and what she was making for dinner. On trips back home in the late 1980s, we walked the borders of the restricted zones together peering around fences emblazoned with skull and crossbones near childhood haunts. The farm where we bought our vegetables, restaurants we frequented, and the nursing home where my grandmother lived all ring one site that was less than a mile from our home. As we toured the places of our childhood, the scope of the pollution seeped into our consciousness in the same way that it had slowly slipped into the groundwater. I don't think it occurred to either of us in those years that we might personally be affected by what had been discovered in the sediment, the groundwater, even in the lake itself. It didn't occur to us, that is, until 1992, when my sister was diagnosed with a rare form of ovarian cancer. She was only 41 at the time, and there was only a minimal history of cancer in our family. We both began to wonder aloud whether there could be a link between the chemical contamination in our hometown and her cancer. And once the seed of that possibility was planted, our curiosity took root. It was late the next year that my sister, weak and failing from chemotherapy and a bone marrow transplant, whispered to me in the same secretive tone she had used to explain everything. Sex, the death of our mother and most recently in the tiniest voice imaginable, her cancer. You have to write about this. I knew what she wanted. She wanted me to make meaning out of her agony, to make sure that all her suffering would amount to something in the end. I will, I assured her as I ran my hand over the thin hair on her head. I called her little ducky head because of the soft, downy hair that she grew between rounds of chemotherapy. You are beautiful. I am not, and you shouldn't say it. Are too, I said as I stroked her arm. She gave a little half-smile and went back to sleep. If she had been feeling better, I would have argued, No, don't be stupid. Get up. Write your own book. Instead, I murmured, Don't worry, I can do it as I tucked the covers under her chin. I made the promise the same way I might have told her she could borrow my sweater. I knew what she wanted, but I never expected I would have to deliver. I had hoped then, had even believed at some level, that she would get up and get better. My sister was my biggest fan, and even in her chemo-induced haze, she argued that I could write the kind of book she imagined. As a journalist working in print and television, I had covered some of the major environmental stories of the 1980s, stories that led to conversations that in turn would cause us to wonder about our hometown. In 1982, in Times Beach, Missouri, for example, 
Investigators had discovered that oil tinged with a dangerous chemical called dioxin had been sprayed on the floors of horse stables and on dirt roads to manage dust. A river flood then washed dioxin-contaminated soil into homes. Eventually, the federal government bought out homeowners and businesses in a large-scale resettlement. Waukegan would take its turn on the national stage two years later, in 1984, when a U.S. Environmental Protection Agency official, Rita Lavelle, was accused of secretly meeting with lakefront polluters in an effort to strike a cleanup deal that heavily favored industry. Lavelle was forced to resign when a congressional committee discovered her inappropriate backdoor negotiations and other transgressions. In the aftermath of the scandal, the full extent of Waukegan's chemical contamination was revealed. By far, the largest single source of pollution on the lakefront, and the first identified, was the one million pounds of sediment contaminated with polychlorinated bi-